Hey, it's Sarah and Kristen. Welcome back for another episode of the Into the Wee Hours podcast. Before we kick off, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and sea where this podcast is being recorded on, the land of the Cubby Cubby people of the Sunshine Coast. We pay respect to their elders past, present, and those emerging. As we have mentioned previously, we also have a Patreon account just to remind everybody. Patreon is an amazing platform which allows us to continue to cover the cost for the podcast such as monthly hosting, website, and equipment upgrades. Every little contribution makes a huge difference to us. And for just even a gold coin donation each month, we'd be so stoked to have you on as a patron. It's pretty easy to find and sign up online at patreon.com forward slash into the wee hours podcast. Huge shout out to our existing patrons and of course, all of you listeners. We love you so much. Support for the show comes in a huge variety of forums and another way that we do love to receive your support, which raises our profile and importantly, in turn, elevates the voice of our incredible guests is through ratings and reviews. If you can take a couple of seconds to hit the five star rating, I mean, we're just suggesting five stars on Apple or Spotify, we would be so grateful. Also, we love seeing our listeners either reach out to or tagging our guests in their Instagram stories. So if you particularly loved an episode, please do repost, tag, and let us know why you love listening. Thank you so much to everyone who's either left a rating or review or tagged us on socials. All right. On this episode, we are so stoked to bring back episode 33 guest and now Guinness World Record Holder. Arcana Murray Bartlett. <laughs> if you haven't listened to episode 33, where we checked in like during her mid tip to toe mission, then do jump back and check it out. It was so great to speak to Arcana again. There was admittedly a slightly self-motivated reason behind the invite here with me prepping for my 700 kilometer Scotland trail run. I was really keen to learn some valuable lessons from Arcana's rather larger mission and also to hopefully share these lessons with anyone out there considering taking on a big multi-day adventure. Thanks again Arcana for sharing your time and your very valuable knowledge with us. We cannot wait to see what lies ahead for you. Let's get into it. Cue the music with Kristen. Welcome to episode 39 of the Into the Wee Hours podcast. My name is Sarah Pendergrass and I am joined virtually by my phenomenal co-host Kristen Vorton. Hello! <laughs> that seemed planned. <laughs> I actually for the first time ever thought about the describing word so yes phenomenal there you go. Um, and we are also joined virtually by a return guest who we're very grateful to have here Arcana Murray Bartlett. Welcome back! Oh, thanks for having me a second time. It's so exciting. I feel like it's a bit more personal now. We can have, you know, we know what's going on. We can have these chats. It's good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Thank you for coming back on. The last time that we spoke to you, you were, I think you had, all, or maybe you had just broken the world record. It was maybe like I think hours. so. Yeah. 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 And yeah, now yeah, you are yeah. like well yeah. and truly broken records. <laughs> 
Sarah, did you look up the episode that Arcana was on before? I no, I was just about to say to you, I wrote some show notes. I forgot to look at Arcana's episode number. We'll include it in the show notes. If you haven't listened to Arcana's first episode, while she was mid Guinness World Record breaking run, 150 marathons in 150 days, we dialed in when Arcana was in Sydney. Um, again, thank you so much for your time during that. So yeah, go back and listen to that first if you hadn't listened to this one. I probably wouldn't have been very articulate if I was mid-record because, uh, yeah, back then my words weren't as uh, smooth flowing as they are now that I'm a bit less sleep deprived and a bit less just exhausted on a day-to-day basis. I don't know. You were pl- pretty fluent. Like, I'm expecting a lot <laughs> then if that was the non-fluent arcana and now we get the, like, fully present, <laughs> fully recovered. Oh, no, now I've set a high bar for yeah. that. <laughs> so you got to keep expectations low and then, like... <laughs> You surprise everybody when you go ahead. The, the difference is you can't see, but I am holding a glass of wine. Uh, that was so, very different yeah. than the last time. Yeah. I think it was probably something like a hydration yeah. drink. Yeah, exactly. You were like in your running gear, just finished and yeah, doing all sorts of stuff. So there we go. I love that you're having a glass of red while we're podcasting. We're going to start off as we did last time um, with some quick fire questions just to get warmed up and then we will get into it if that's all right. Let's go. All right. First quick fire. Now, this has come up because of a few conversations lately. There's a difference between Kristen and I here. So the question is, I guess, first of all, do you read books? And if you do, how many books do you read at one time? Oh, great question. I love reading and I would probably have two on the go at one time. Um, usually a fictional book and then some sort of educational book or a biography. Um, and if the other one gets too dry, I'll switch to fictional to switch it up a little bit. That's very respectable. Very respectable. There's a nice balance there. I'm like a five books at one time and Kristen's a a 37 book at a time. See, I can't do that because I would start combining all the storylines into one and I would have to then reread each chapter to know where I was up to. So, no, I stick the storylines one at a time, that's for sure. No, it's a nice balance. And what are you reading at the moment? Um, I'm reading a book called Homecoming. Um, I don't know who it's by. It's a really long, thick Randomly, all the books that I've been reading at the moment are set in South Australia. So it's this kind of South Australian history uh, fiction book. It's about a murder that happened in the 50s and, you know, a present-day journalist is trying to save it. Um, and then the, the the other one I'm trying to read is an advanced sports nutrition textbook. So, yeah, that one's, that one's slower. <laughs> a lot of skipping back and forth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're the two on the go. I actually randomly uh, just released a um, a book of my own, a novel for young adults, nine to, well, I'd say maybe 10 to 13-year-olds. It's, um yeah, it's based around karma and angels and, and kind of finding the, the beauty and the grey in the world, learning that not everything's always black and white. So I'm half reading that too now that it's a real-life book, um, but it's also weird reading your own words. It's probably like listening to yourself back on a podcast. You feel like, oh, I should have done this differently or, oh, I should have rewrote that. So, yeah, I'm trying to read it, but I'm struggling a little bit. That's amazing. I love that. I think That's it's so one of those cool, ones yeah. that gets easier as you go. So you just have to write more books and then you'll read more yeah. of your work and then you're like, oh, no, 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 I meant to say that. <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I have definitely set it up to be a sequel. I just haven't had a spare second to to keep writing. I think I'm just sort of testing the waters, how it, how I go and if I enjoy it. And yeah, it's definitely so different to anything I've ever done before, but it was a bit of a COVID project. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Congrats. It's very exciting. I would love to hear more about the book publishing process at some point also, but oh, yeah. given, given that we're just on the... First, yeah. quick fire question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so buckle up, everyone. That's right, Arcana. Now that you're back to uh, <clears throat> quote quote normal life since doing all of the tip to toe adventure, what is something that you've learned either from your adventure that you did or since being back into normal life? Hmm, something that I've learned. I definitely have learned that my passion lays within turning passion into activism. Um, it's something that I sort of just did naturally on tip to toe and it's now something that I'm looking at through different angles and seeing you know what my passions are and how I can direct them towards conservation and you know I can't run infinitely um, as much as I would love to be able to there's other ways that I can help in the conservation space and I've just got to work that out so that's kind of what I'm learning um, yeah from tip to toe and being back into reality. Yeah beautiful all right so this is a broad one interpret this as you like Best and worst moment about finishing tip to toe? Oh, best was, well, best and worst was not having to run anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Combined. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Nice and easy. That's a quick fire if I ever heard one. <laughs> so we asked you a little bit about um, like a, an animal question from last time because you were doing a lot of fundraising and things. So what animal would you like the ability to speak to? Great question. My favorite uh, animal in general is the wedge-tailed eagle. I don't know if it would tell me much. I actually think I would talk to a horse. I feel like they've got stories, they're wise, uh, and just, yeah, just see what's up. I feel like they've probably got this close personality to a human and not sure what I would learn, but it'd be interesting. Cool. Were you, did you do horse stuff when you were growing up or anything? Any horse things? We had horses growing up. Okay. Yeah, had horses growing up. So, yeah, I feel like I do have a connection to them. Um, I think any interest, uh, animal would have an interesting story to tell. I mean, I would take anything if it was going to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> love it. All right, the next one is a bit of a brain tangle. Yeah, I left this one for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the question is simple, though. Fingers for toes or toes for fingers? <laughs> <laughs> so... One of my closest friends uh, lived in Australia for seven years, has just moved back to London, and he recently asked me the same question. So I don't know why that question keeps coming up. How funny. But... <laughs> You're prepared. Yeah, I'm prepared. Uh, toes for, no, fingers for toes, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah, fingers for toes. Because you'd be out of, You'd be very dexterous. You'd just change. You would use your feet for what you use your hands for, right? Yeah. It'd be weird, but. I just wonder if you'd have the same stability when you're running. If you've got, I don't know. It's just a little bit odd. <laughs> would you have more? Because you had more, like, dexterity. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. kind of long. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just need to increase a few shoe sizes. Yes. yes. Long. Yeah. Bigger Cut toe box. Holes in the yeah. <laughs> And the last question that we have for you, Arcana. Give yourself a compliment. 
Oh, a compliment. Um, I'm very good at choosing red wine. This is delicious. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> what are you drinking? Just a little shout out. Uh, Tasmanian Pinot Noir. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah. I um, obviously don't drink that much, um, so it's nice to to just have one glass. That's all I'll, all I'll have, and that'll be me. But it's like a little treat because I haven't been running as much lately, so I'm, I'm trying to just find, you know, enjoyment in other areas. Oh, we'll get into it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard a rumor you ran quite a bit over the weekend. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did, accidentally. <laughs> Well, let's just we'll kick back into it. So if you haven't listened to Arcana's uh, first episode, we very highly encourage you to go back and listen to that so that you can understand most of the conversation that will probably happen today. <laughs> but just give a very yeah. quick reminder of what you did for everybody. Of course, of course. So in January of this year, so it was about 160 days ago now, um, I ran 150 marathons from the very tip of Australia, Cape York to Melbourne. So I broke the Guinness World Record for the most amount of marathons run by a female. Um, The previous record was 106. And as I spoke to you, I broke it, yeah, on day 107 in Newcastle. And then raised uh, ended up being $140,000 for the Wilderness Society Mm -hmm. so um, my cause was for at-risk Australian wildlife or just Australian biodiversity in general it's a big passion of mine and yeah it got to Melbourne in one piece so it was it was a amazing amazing run that was only made possible through I guess the support of everyone that came out and ran with me and dragged me through some pretty dark times and hard patches my partner who who shared the story through social media and yeah, everyone that got around it. Yeah, an absolutely incredible achievement, Arcana. And also, so you've recently received your certificate for the from the Guinness World Records, and that's that's not the only thing you broke, is it? Because I think you broke the yeah. glass in the frame. <laughs> oh no! I know, I did, I did. So yeah, it took so it took weeks just to give you some context to actually submit the maps the stat decks, the witness statements, the GPS files to Guinness, it took weeks because you have to individually do every one. You've got a photo of the start and finish. I won't bore you with the details, but I didn't end up finishing the submission process till February. And then I didn't get the certificate validated until literally about three weeks ago. And it was a really scary time because between us, uh, maybe two weeks out from, they said they'll get back to you in three months. I got an email from Guinness and they said, hey, just checking because um, you have to submit a specific Google Earth file. You can't just use it's a specific file and then they put it through theirs. They're like, oh, on three of your 150 marathons, the, the, when we translate it to miles, you've actually ran short. And I was like, what? There's no way I've ran short. I ran over. Um, and I had a little mini panic attack. Um and everyone calmed me down. They're like, it's okay. It's probably just a software issue. But anyway, we went back and forth. And luckily, I had Rye filming the entire thing. So we had all the evidence on camera and in like other ways. But yeah, imagine that. I mean, oh, but anyway, validated uh, to make a really fun kind of video. We, we thought we'd do this shot where I was like flying and I put up flying through the air with certificate and I put all these doona like pillows down. But as I landed, I accidentally landed on the certificate and <laughs> almost impaled myself with the glass. So don't recommend a normal photo would have been fine. <laughs> The things you do for content are kind of, I mean, that's right. It's all about the content, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Great shot. Terrible outcome. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad. 
I did just recently saw that too. I like the story behind it. Can you imagine, like, why would you run short for three of your 150 days? I mean, come on. I (laughs) even said that as well. I I wanted to write. I was like, guys, I finished at 11 a.m. every day or like 12 or even 1 p.m., whatever. That's not like that was the only steps I did. I didn't just sit down and never – because one of them was about three or four metres short. And I was like, what? I was just baffled. But anyway, we worked it out. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) I have heard that the Guinness process is actually like – which you kind of want it to be, like, very, very detailed, thorough. Like, they're not giving that certificate to everybody, for sure. Oh, they check literally everything. And I'm glad because it needs to be validated. And when you get the certificate, you know they've done their due diligence. But, like, if if I didn't have a second witness on a day, it makes it hard for – Things that are, yeah, so like long because you have to just constantly be be watching that. Um, so yeah, it's another element, but you know, it's part and parcel of going for the specific validation, and yeah, it makes it a little bit more satisfying when when you do get it. Definitely, big congratulations! That's so awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Once you were finished, how did the recovery go? So again, we kind of talked to you midway through. Like things were feeling good, but they were feeling as if you had done, you know, one hundred and ten or whatever we were up to marathons so how did the body feel afterwards all the way up to maybe not now because it probably still feels fatigued now after the weekend <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. just in you general what? <laughs> it actually took me so much longer to recover than I thought it would um and you know you get warned and you, and you think oh I'll be fine but for the first week, I didn't notice anything. I was running on a high. There was so much hype and I was so excited. And then I remember driving my family back to the airport, I think like, yeah, six or seven days after the finish line and just sleeping for no joke, 18 hours. And then and I would say from five to six weeks afterwards, I would wake up, fall asleep at maybe 10 a.m., wake up. I was like an infant and then wake up at 11, sleep between one and three, you know, and I just had... And I was frustrated because I had all this momentum and I, I never had, you know, more engagement around this campaign, but I couldn't physically do anything. I just had no focus, no energy. And I would say that lasted for two months. Um, and then after that, I would say my energy slowly came back. But when I ran, it just felt clunky. I just didn't have any efficiency, um, no speed at all. Um, and I would say... It wasn't until a, a month ago, so it would be about five months, that I started to feel back to 100%, um, to which I've taken a bit of a backward step. But, no, I'm, I'm, I'm back on the mend to 100%. So, yeah, I would say in total I would give it five months, which is huge. It's a huge, huge. recovery period. Yeah, It is huge. But also, I guess it's not just the physical toll, right? Like, you know, you were chatting to us, you were doing presentations, mm-hmm. you were visiting schools. Like, there was a huge energy expenditure beyond running a marathon every day, which is something, you know, huge in itself. And then the emotional investment as well. Like, surely, you know, you finish, you have all that hype. And then did you have any of that kind of post-adventure or post-race, like, blues of like, oh, my gosh, like, it's done? Like, was that present for you? Yeah, and I think to an extent it still is. Like I've done a few things since that aren't on the same scale but uh, have been awesome in their own right and I've got a few more planned. And I think that when you don't have something on the go now, for me personally, it feels almost like a big, oh, I need to be doing something. I haven't been able to come down off that 100% go, go, go bandwagon I'm still really struggling to just kind of you know watch a sunset or or, you know sit and relax so 
absolutely there was a big period of time where i missed it so much um probably not like the physical exertion but the whole being on the road living outside living kind of in the outdoors i missed um so yeah it was like a, a huge come down afterwards but uh, you know i've got i've got projects and i think right now if i just keep directing my energy towards other goals it, it'll, it'll all be all right <laughs> for sure and uh yeah i hear you ran 100 kilometers at the weekend <laughs> have you ever have either of you ever done a backyard ultra we were talking about I've, it. Sarah has. Yeah. yeah so but I, the thing is, I've done it. It was like a last man standing. It was slightly different because they cut people. So it actually got faster and faster and faster because oh. a bike was chasing you. But I That's went to cool. it. was so cool. And I went to it. I think it was just a few years ago, like post injury, being like, I'll run like 30 Ks. It was, and it was also 1.6 or 1.5 kilometers. It was like the crit track at Narang. So bitumen, mm. tiny loop, 30 seconds or something in between each loop, different kind of format. But I ended up running 70 Ks on that one and a half kilometer track. And it was awesome and i only got cut because it got so fast it was like the few i was think i was the second last woman to remain standing not wow. that mattered not that that mattered because there are lots of guys as well but it was yeah, like yeah. running four minute pace at 70 k's after oh, doing all those laps it was so cool though i would like i watched this weekend it was like yes i want to do this and kristen was like oh i'm not sure <laughs> yeah. i was the same yeah so this weekend was mind-blowing so i went um to i guess i actually had entered the general admission dead cow gully ultra in april but i had to go overseas for something and so i said to tim um man i'm so sorry is there any chance you can roll my entry to next year and he said oh kind of there's a master's event in uh june do you want to come to that and I was like, oh, <laughs> these guys are pretty pro. I don't know if I'll fit in. He's like, no, no, come along. We'd love to have you just to be a part of the event. So I, um, yeah, I went last, we went on Friday to set up. I didn't bring support because A, I, just, I don't want to keep asking Rye to, to give up his weekends to come and support. And I just, what I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I've actually, yeah, been I'm slightly unable to run for the last five weeks. So I literally just went to be in, in, involved in it and see what I could do. And yeah, I wanted to also meet Phil Gore, who is my fellow teammate, the Tarkine athlete, it's him and I, and, and I never met him before because he's in Western Australia. So yeah, interestingly stood on the start line. And for those who aren't sure, essentially it's 6.7 kilometers on the hour every hour so you can go as fast or as slow as you want it's up to you your strategy and whatever time you have remaining whether it's 20 minutes or 30 minutes or five minutes you've got to be in the starting coral for the next lap um and what i found really interesting is the first lap went off and i just started running i was like where is everyone i looked behind they're all kind of bit speed walking i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> it's lucy bartholomew at the top of the uh <laughs> top of the escarpment first yeah. again <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I've cooked this already. Um, <laughs> so I loved it because I did every lap with a new person and I did about 50 Ks with Phil. I was like, well, he's the record holder. If I can't learn from him, who am I going to learn from? And everyone has their own strategy. Some people will run to the closest tree and then they'll walk through the gully. Some people do it specifically on time. Um, some people do it on Ks. Anyway, I got to 100 Ks, which is 15 laps, and that was all I was expecting slash hoping and dreaming for. But it's this warped reality where you get to 15 Ks, or sorry, 15 laps, 100 Ks, and everyone's like, oh, you're quitting? 
like, I've been running for 15 hours. Like, oh, but, they're like, oh, but if you, if you, you know, you could probably do 12 hours past when you think you can quit. Or they're like, no, no, if you just do two more hours, you'll make a new day. And then if you just do four more laps, you'll do the two-two lap. And then that's 100. Anyway, no one would let me quit. And when I finally quit, they were just like, oh, you know, like, con- like condolences. I was like, guys, I just ran 100K. Like, can one person be happy for me? And also, while you are obviously a phenomenal and very accomplished runner, have you run 100 kilometres before? Never, not in a day. So I, I, you know, it's a personal achievement. But then to watch it unfold, there was an American um, Harvey a, a, and then a Kiwi or a New Zealand runner called Sam Harvey and then Phil Gore went on to run a hundred well break the world record they ran 102 laps which is i don't know my calculator but probably like 680 k's or something mind-blowing um so my hat oh they went through was it like four nights four nights yeah it's like it just kept going i I was following it on instagram like oh my gosh they're still going it's so cool (laughs) like it's just nuts it's the most humbling experience to run 100ks and then have someone run another 570ks after you i love the mindset if you just run for another 12 yeah, hours no, you'll be fine right? like in what world i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah you only ran 100k oh yeah actually what it was and then i'm like oh you're only right can you come help crew then i was like i'm tired <laughs> This is like the ultimate ultra running peer pressure, right? Totally. <laughs> it's like totally. 15 hours of running. All right, mate. Our early door there for you. Yeah. I think that's why it scares but, me. I that's mean, for sure. Oh, <laughs> well, congrats. There's, thank you. But it's the best format for anyone that wants to attempt distance. Like yeah. for me, I could have, yeah. could, I was so intimidated by 100Ks. It, you just kind of get it done because it's broken up and people are in the same boat. And you're, you know, it's, it almost, yeah, it's a really good format to, to, to break a distance PB. So it, I agree with that because actually, so the one I did was called the Cut Ultra. And it, again, it was on 1.5Ks, but the number of people that ran a marathon who'd only ever done like 10K before, because you've got everyone there, you know, cheering you on, encouraging you. Like, And for me, funny, because Kristen, I think you were like, oh, the stop start thing. For me, I like that because I'm like, stop start again. I just, it's like refocus, new thing, forget what I've mm-hmm. done. Like I really enjoy that aspect of it it's like playing lacrosse I prefer quarters to halves you know it's like I just get to like start again and yeah Kristen's shaking her head (laughs) I'm a bit of both I liked it because it's a really dedicated time to get your nutrition in to change your clothes to put you don't ever feel stressed that you're stopping because you have to stop um I think you get further because people pace you because I would have if there was no one around me and I was going for I would have gone out at 4:45 pace or five minute pace but they like Phil Gore he's like no I will do seven minute pace every lap you know and had it worked out um so it slows you down which sometimes is a strategy to go longer totally and again for all of the backyard stuff there I like that they always give the assist as well to the person who ran everything with them because you can't break the world record unless you have somebody there because it is a last man standing event. So you have to have somebody who's pushing all the time, somebody else who's going out so that it keeps going. So I always like that they give a little bit of that assist 
to the second person or the I guess yeah the second last person to drop out <laughs> yeah. and and if you look at Sam's Harvey's Instagram or how he's recapped it he said for the first time he's ever raced for something bigger than himself so he raced to get Phil because he knew he was cooked so he knew he didn't have much in him but he pushed through to get to 101 so Phil was able to keep going and you know the exciting thing is how much further could he go you well, know. this is the thing, because I guess for people who don't know, with the format, you just have to run one further lap. It's not like yeah. you just keep going on your own. That's no. it. Like the, the second to last person pulls out and that's it. You've got one more lap. So, yeah, it is amazing. The assist is so incredibly important because they're the person that gets you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm. cool. So pointless and so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. They're not going to be able to run for months. <laughs> yeah i wonder what their recovery is going to be like talking of such things oh, yeah jeepers yeah yeah nah yeah nah, nah. <laughs> oh wow all right so i guess pulling it back a little bit um i sort of selfishly invited you on here kind of because i have a bit of a mission coming up that is nothing like the scale of yours um but i'll be running 700 k's from the most southerly point of Scotland to the most northerly point of the Outer Hebrides. Um, I'm going to do that across 24 days. It's going to average about 30 k's a day on trail. So the whole thing is on trail, essentially. Um, so a little bit different, probably. Although I, I think you actually ended up probably running a lot more trail than I'm yeah. even giving you credit for it. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking of you as this roadrunner. But no, of course, you had lots of trail. Um, so yes, I guess I'm curious to hear more for me but also anyone who's been inspired by you to take on a massive multi-day mission like you did like you know what can we learn from your experience it's incredible what you achieved you seem to have done it so gracefully obviously we've heard about the recovery and not taking that for granted (laughs) but you know regardless of scale like if you're doing something over a lot of days on foot I guess we'd be keen to learn more from you so um yeah one of the things that I'm curious about, which isn't necessarily, I mean, it could be from anything, but tell us about something you learned about yourself in the process. I learned to, I guess, something that I learned that would be applicable to this awesome um, run you've got planned. I'm so excited to watch it unfold. Um, it's going to be an unforgettable, life-changing adventure, um, was that You've got to always focus on tomorrow, which seems weird because you should also be present in the moment. But when you're doing your 30Ks, when I was doing my marathon, you need to eat and hydrate and recover, not for that day, but for the next day. So don't think, oh, I feel great. Oh, sorry, I've got like a small blister. I'll be able to get through the 30Ks. Stop then because that pushing through those things will affect your remaining days. Um, And it's not about how quick you do the 130. It's how, how happy and well and safely you get to the end. Um, I learned that tasks that seem overwhelming can be broken down into smaller, very achievable goals. So 30 Ks on the day feels too far because there'll be days where it does. Just break it down into I'm going to walk for an hour. When you do that smaller task, then you reward yourself for it. Don't think, I've only gone an hour. Think, cool, that was amazing. You weren't sure you could do that. So I'm going to have a cliff bar or I'm going to have, you know, a Gatorade or a Hydrolite or something to celebrate the small steps because, and it's something Phil taught me too because he had, you know, four and a half days ahead of him. He he only ever just focused on 
you know, one step at a time. And, and, and it, I think it definitely helps when, when your end goal is so big. It's something I've taken into life as well. When you've got this insurmountable amount of work, you're like, how am I going to ever get through this before close business? You're like, okay, well, this is the first task. Um, it's a simple thing and it's very obvious, but I think we forget about doing that. We just get very overwhelmed by the bigger picture. Um, and I think the third thing I learned to do really well was positive talk. Um, I think that the way you say things or the way you speak can reframe how you see the world. And um, I tr really tried to, uh, I guess, reframe what if I fail to, to what if I don't, you know, what happens if I get injured to what if I make it, my body's fine. And I think that it shows, it just makes you see the day a little bit clearer. And if you, and if you do that and then also practice gratitude, cause you have this incredible ability to, to, to do these incredible things. You're going to be in Scotland, you know, seeing the gorgeous country. And I think if you do that as well, um, yeah, you kind of can take a step back and see the bigger picture and you're like, man, this is amazing. And it helps when, when it can get a bit rough. Yeah, I, I really appreciate those. I definitely, from, I've done a bunch of multi-day stuff, not to this scale at all, but looking after your future self, I think is one of the most important things because it's so easy in the moment to be like, oh, I'll, especially when you're tired, it's like, I'll deal with that later. And it's like, that thing later is 10 times worse than it would yes. have been if you just actually addressed it in the moment. And then, um, yeah, interesting you mentioned, I guess, the gratitude or, or the privilege. So I'm going to be fundraising for an NGO called Free to Run. I don't know if you've heard of them. So they essentially, um, it was founded by an ultra runner, Stephanie Case, and they are all about changing gender norms in areas of conflict, but essentially in places like Afghanistan, Iraq, cultures where women don't have these freedoms to get out and to just run for many reasons, culture, war zones, you know, the whole package. Whenever I feel even now like not running, I'm like, Sarah, you are so freaking lucky. You can like put your shoes on, head out onto the street and just go for a run. So I feel like I'm going to be drawing on that a lot at times. That's really good. Yeah, that, that last thing, yeah, is focusing on your why and that you just nailed it then. Just, yeah, for, don't forget what that why is. Write it down on your forehead. So when you look in the mirror, or, you know, write it somewhere where you won't forget it and, and just, yeah, concentrate on that. That's a great why. I have a big passion for that as well. It's um, It's a beautiful cause. I feel like all of your yeah. lessons could also just be applied to life. Like if everybody oh, just totally. broke things down <laughs> a little bit more, like, yes, tasks all seem insurmountable just do the 1.5k loop <laughs> yeah or the four point whatever you know backyard ultra what it was so breaking things down the self-talk the gratitude like all of those things are just good for life so anybody listening to it who is not planning on running the length of scotland or a backyard ultra just do those things in normal life <laughs> yeah it can be for a marathon it can be for yeah whatever to-do list you have it totally be being the house you know sometimes that can seem insurmountable as well 100 percent. <laughs> isn't that such a big part of doing this though isn't it it's like bringing that through into your day-to-day -day life and mm -hmm. again we have the privilege to do that <clears throat> another thing i'm curious about um so i'm gonna be in a tent every night yeah or Canada's mouth just open like okay yeah are you carrying yeah. your supplies are you going unsupported 
I'm actually, so I had originally thought of being unsupported. I am supported, but I have a friend who is very kindly, George, his name is, he's going to drive his van and he'll sleep in his van with his dog, Tippin, um, yeah. and he'll carry my gear. So he, I won't have to carry my tent, but that is what I'm going to be sleeping in every night. So it will be a case of setting it up, packing it down. It's probably one of the things I'm least looking forward to, which I really need to switch in my head. Um, but I'm curious about, so when I talked to George and we had a crew check-in recently and he's like, so laundry, resupply, like all of these things that I was like, oh yes, I Life. need to do that. Like, like that's the biggest thing I learned is that because everyone said, oh, you've made it so hard for yourself doing a point to point. I was like, no, I haven't. It's an adventure. But you don't have water. You don't have a shower. All the things that you just have in your room around you just disappear. So yeah, you'll have to think of like where to shower every night as well mm. if, you, if you want to do that after 30 Ks. Uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of work. And so you had your partner, is it Ryan? Is that Ryan, Ryan. Yeah, 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 Ryan, yeah, yeah. So he did he take on a lot of that stuff um, when you were out there? Because I feel like we didn't really touch on this last time necessarily, like the logistics yeah, of what this looked yeah. like. It's interesting because he took on such a large role. And, and yeah, I think but at the time he really tried to stay behind the scenes, but it's me being pushing him the last few months. Like, tell everyone exactly what you did because, you know, you did so much. So he would literally every morning cook, well, I, I would kind of get up super early, so I would have like a, a breakfast ready to go, but and then I would run off and he would pack down the entire camper van, uh, sorry, the tr camper trailer that we had. He would then usually meet me wherever I was and resupply me with, with food and water because I didn't like carrying too much water. It was very heavy um, film and take film for that day. And so he'd be thinking about creative concepts. Then he'd set up camp, pull up the camper trailer, cook lunch, cook dinner, yeah, laundry runs. We'd have to find water. Um, if it was a river, I'd just jump in a river, you know, create the content, share through social. Like, yeah, it was it was such a large laundry we did as often as we could. Uh, I just often just used this. I took a lot of clothes and just, yeah, I, I was just used maybe 10 outfits in a row before we get away with a shower. Uh, sorry, with laundry. Um, are you super remote? Will you pass through towns? So it'll be a mix. Um, the sort of first sections will go through towns for sure. And then I go on to the Outer Hebrides, which are this chain of 10 islands. Like it's a five hour ferry to get out there, really remote. Um, but even then, the, the trail will still, it intersects with road. Um, and there are small towns, like really small towns along the way, but definitely will need to be a little bit organized when it comes to things like food. Cause yeah, I won't be able to just resupply at any point. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting though. You have to think about it. Um, lots of, I took a lot of beans and rice and lentils and just things that you could put in cans and just that made big portion sizes and, you know, just packets of corn. And I lived a lot of fried rice that was, you know, that you could eat just these big, big portion sizes. And, you know, depending on what you eat, you could take tuna, just anything that can live longer than a few days is, is going to be your, your secret. The good thing in Scotland is it's not going to be very warm. So like as an example, I went to uni in Aberdeen in the north of Scotland and I used to hang my cheese out of my window. Like that was ah. like a refrigerator. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like here where you're thinking about like refrigeration and ice and all of that. Like that's not going to be a problem. But I do like the tip in terms of cans of stuff and making big portions. And yeah, I think I'm probably one of the things I'm most nervous about is fueling well enough you know and I think like you say even just that looking after your future self and 
eating and all of that stuff that you're a nutritionist you know what you're doing mm. i i've just started working with a dietitian just to really get stuff dialed because it's definitely not dialed right now um but yeah i have a lot to learn in that respect do you have any big tips when it comes to fueling yeah yeah you'll probably take a few days to adjust so you'll probably lose i, I personally i lost a lot of weight in the first two weeks unintentionally i was eating to you know endless amounts of food and then had to even go more than what i thought was a lot so that was an interesting learning curve because i was having everything and for that to still not be enough was yeah it was almost a shock um it i definitely just would you know you can only take on so much while you're moving um so i just tried to make sure from when i stopped to when i went to bed i was consuming just constantly and if you don't have the stomach to have big meals just be having you know muesli bar followed by something small by a banana and just constantly grazing in those off hours is was my way of getting some in and when the when the food doesn't start to feel good just rely on the things you would never usually eat like um ice cream and you know coke and just things to get the 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 sugars up that you know you'll like even though they're not healthy and in, in you know inverted commas it's it's what you'll need to get through it i think that's the funniest thing and like kristen you'll relate to that i think it's the funniest thing about ultras and endurance stuff is the fact that it's like you have all these I mean, presumably pretty healthy people heading out grabbing a glass of Coke on a race, you know? It's like. <laughs> but the thing is, you'll have consumed everything in the Coke in literally 45 minutes, you know? The exactly. Coke will not exist in half an hour. So. <laughs> it's all those carbs, extra little stuff, just easy energy just to keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love the sport so you much. I'm it. just going to eat sugar. <laughs> it's no. I agree. I agree. And you've just got to prioritize getting it down versus what it is. So yeah. find what works for you. And if it sits, then that's, that's it. Keep going. <laughs> Were you mostly having real food, Arcana? did you find? Like, are you yeah. a gel person yeah. typically probably for your marathons, I would assume, but then for this longer distance, like probably was, we're eating more real food. I was eating real food pretty much exclusively mm -hmm. until I got to Victoria. Um, and that's because my marathons were very, Ca well, they were casual. I was deliberately allowing to stop and eat. I, I you know, and eat pasta and sit down for you know a minute or two and actually try and get it in. As I hit Victoria, my running community came and supported me a lot more, and they're they don't like to. They're just fast runners. You know, I came from a road running background, so their pace is too quick. Um, so I found myself running with them just because that's naturally their pace. And because I was running three kind of three hour thirty marathons, I was consuming gels then. To, just to have them stay down um I could have asked them to slow down too I know that but it just was we were very close there was a lot of excitement you know I was down to my last 15 marathons and so yeah I definitely did in the last two weeks but prior to that if you have the opportunity to eat whole food I recommend eating whole food mm. I should which also you should say, yeah yeah and yeah. I will not be moving at the same pace as you or I can assure you I think like at the moment I'm kind of like it's going to be shuffle flats hike ups snack shuffle like steep descents yeah there's not going to be because you i think i'm right in saying you averaged 559 per kilometer across all your marathons is that right yeah so when, which when you so say casual <laughs> this is you're in a community of elite runners or kind of a lot of people would be stoked to run a 559 per kilometer marathon just for like a 10k <laughs> a lot of people would be stoked <laughs> 
I'm actually impressed because like I didn't ex- because I did a lot of walking so that all of those fast marathons yeah. obviously averaged out with the with the slower marathons up north so yeah I think if it wasn't for the last two weeks it would have been a lot slower they definitely flew by but um yeah I was glad it was 559 by that one second underneath I fact checked it like six times to make sure I was like <laughs> yes just snuck in there <laughs> so yeah. good and then I mean guess in terms of recovery not just thinking about my adventure but thinking broader so nutrition is obviously key but what did you do for your body like in terms of mobility maintenance what sort of stuff were you doing because on the road you don't necessarily have Normatec boots and all the fancy things that you could have elsewhere yeah they don't work you've got nowhere to plug anything <laughs> no, in. exactly yeah <laughs> it's possible it's interesting because um i tried at the start i had all these plans to stretch and everything and i'd you know lay down my mat and you just get swarmed in the north by mosquitoes and midges so i actually stopped but i learned that you don't have to do too much you probably want to focus on just having your legs up and doing too much so stretch if you can but i found if i was exerting too much energy doing it it wasn't beneficial long term so i what did i do yeah i stretched when i had the energy to stretch um, I foam rolls every so often, but not religiously. Surprisingly, I would rather be kind of lying down with a book and just getting my entire body okay than, than you know, going out of my way to to do something like, yeah, rehab that would probably just take up too much energy. And I think I got five massages in the five months, so not that often either. Um, so you'll be fine. I don't think that'll be a, be a huge factor. I'm curious if you can remember how you felt around day 24, given that that'll be my, so I'm finishing on my 40th birthday as well as the (laughs) and it'll be, it'll actually be day 25 because I've got one day where I've got to take the ferry out to the islands, but otherwise it's just back to back for 24 days. So yeah. Can you remember? Where were you? How did you feel? Were you like settling into it? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I actually felt shocking because I felt (laughs) shocking for the first like month in general. Um, So sorry. Um, everyone always said to me they're like oh it'll take you two weeks to adapt to it and it did I was injured twice in those first two weeks so that doesn't help you in the start but I didn't didn't feel good (laughs) okay cool yep no no then you're done but then you can have a you know a birthday drink and Exactly. Then I can have my Tasmanian Pinot Noir, which I doubt is available where I'm finishing in this remote place. (laughs) Now the uh, balloon arch is going to be there, Sarah. Oh, true, Kristen. You're going to arrange a balloon arch for me that will blow away by the time. My final day at the moment looks like it's 46 Ks, so that could be a bit of a slog. (laughs) Oh, wow. Big finish. (laughs) Yeah, the average is 30, but different, you say. Yeah, wow. Did it, I don't know how I, like, I'm thinking about this question, but I guess it's kind of the uh, the anticlimacticness of of finishing something like this. So, like on social media, for example, like everybody was following your adventure. It's all good, and then you kind of like come home. It's all done, and it's not that nobody cares, but nobody cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, how like for both of you guys for I guess preparing for those types of lows afterwards. Like, how is that feeling for you? And can you give Sarah any indication of, like, what to prepare for at the end of it as well? Yeah, good question. Because it is funny. Like, people just go on with their ordinary lives. Like, people just live lives. Um, Yeah. They're not like, oh, my gosh, you're not running a marathon today. It doesn't affect their everyday life. (laughs) 
there was a time afterwards I was like, oh my god, I need to keep up with the content. I just haven't posted for a week. And I was like, wait, nobody actually cares. You know, I don't have to post for the sake of posting. Um, it is weird because your whole entire life is put it's it's your whole entire life will be absorbed by this. So for the twenty-five to thirty days you're there, it's gonna be all you think about, all you interact with, all you talk about. So finishing it will feel strange, but I guess you and I'm trying to do this now, so this is happening live, is just trying to remind yourself that, like, yeah, I guess celebrate that it happened. Don't kind of be sad that it's over. Um, you know, be grateful that you had that experience to start with. Um, and who knows, you might decide to do the entire UK afterwards or, you know, it might be a, a stepping stone for something bigger or something, or you might be like, no, I'm never running again. But either way, you'll you'll come up with, like, yeah, you, you, it'll, you'll grow. <laughs> That's, I think, yeah. a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer for sure. But um, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I, like, I definitely have hard days and good days as well. Like, like all days are good, but you just every so often you're like, oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> and because I know I, I did listen to your episode with um, our friends at Dirt Church Radio with Maddie. Yeah. And, and you talked about how you were calling sponsors with like zero followers. And now look at you. You're like the blue tick official tens of thousands of followers and I think you're working with Garmin now is that fair yeah 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 so it's a big flip yeah how has that shift been I'm not it's saying been... I'm gonna have this I'm just like curious from your point of view <laughs> no no it's good because I was that was yeah it was a weird thing just trying to get anyone to help me out on board and um yeah Garmin came on board uh pretty much following tip to toe um and it's good because a, it allows me to I guess have a bit more financial support uh, for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and and you know I think it was always going to be the way right you have to prove yourself to you know the world and say well no one actually believed me when I said I was going to do it but now everyone's like oh she actually can you know she can do it so I don't take offense to to having no sponsors early on I think that's just part of the part of the world that I had zero Instagram followers it was a new account so um but yeah you're um it is it's definitely a little bit easier now <laughs> That's awesome. That's very exciting. Like, and well deserved as well, Akana. It's really, it's really cool. Now you mentioned the next, next thing. Before we get onto that, I do have one more question, Kristen, if you've got anything obviously to add as well. But you obviously raised a huge amount of funds for the Wilderness Society. Mm -hmm. um, as I've mentioned, fundraising is a part of what I'm doing. I don't have experience fundraising. At the moment, I have some donations, but that's it. And I would really like that to increase. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah, it's a really good question because I've actually been talking to a few people about this who are in kind of mid uh, fundraising expedition now and they're like, how do you get it to, to, to grow? And I found that the last week was my biggest week. So what I guess it's probably not a tip I'm working backwards here, but don't strip, like it will come if you put the work in. So if you're sharing, if you're getting people, your sponsors to share, if you are getting your charity to share your message, you just need to, I, I found personally, everyone's different, but I found that I was trying to put the message out through as many channels as possible. I would always bring back, bring the run back to the why. So I was always being like, hey, this happened today. It was awesome. I'm out here because of this um and yeah it didn't grow at all for ages I remember I think I was like day 11 or day 21 or something huge and um 
yeah, it was still like right down below where it needed to be. And then all of a sudden as your as your story kind of grows, it starts to grow. And I think I also learned that it's okay just to directly ask and be like, mm. I'm out here raising money because it's, it's something I'm not good at. I'm not good at directly saying, hey, you know, fund this or donate to this. And I, I kind of had to get over that and just say, I need to raise money. I promise you it's going to an incredible cause. Please donate. And, and that helps as well a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I don't know if it's as women or if that's fair, but just that asking is definitely yeah. a comfortable thing for me also. And something then I'm like, step back. It's like, it's not for me. Like, this is for an incredible cause. Like, yeah. Ask, but yeah. I met a, I met some people up there in the Cape who had run from the Cape to Cooktown. And he was literally asking people as he would run, he'd stop and he'd be like, hey, I'm running. Can you please end up collecting cash donations? I never thought to do that. I just, that's, I just, I couldn't do that. I'm like, it's okay. You keep it. Like you need it more than I do. I'm just like, it's just not in my personality and maybe it's a female thing. Um, but yeah, I just found you've got to find that balance. <laughs> yeah, I know. I definitely have not considered running with a bucket and asking for people. It's like, <laughs> but also actually, why the hell not? Why not? Exactly. I really want to raise funds. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, some sort of conditioning going on there that's, yeah, we don't ask. It makes sense. It's like the most natural way to do it. And I actually had, I think my dad was with me for the first six weeks and he would just, you know, he'd come back, you know, and with like hundreds of dollars and in cash donations. I was like, where'd you get that from? He's like, oh, you know, Jack over by Fireplace Aid. And he, he's just fine to do that. And, you know, it was, I would just, yeah, it's just... Just do what also makes you feel comfortable as well. I mean, of course, yeah, you'll 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 do it. <laughs> of course, no, I appreciate that. I am conscious of time and the fact that you are heading out for dinner. Um, yes. Would you like? Thank you so much for sharing all of that. First of thank all, thank you like, so it's much. Just yeah, it's so valuable awesome. to have that lived experience and to hear from you. So thank you. I really, really appreciate that, and hopefully that helps anyone who is thinking of taking on any multi-day mission because yeah, it's it's just super valuable. Would you like to talk a little bit about what's next? What's been going on? I feel like you were in New Zealand doing something, but I'm not sure if you can talk about that. <laughs> I, I can't tell you exactly what it is. I was, um, I can tell you it's TV based and that's about all my NDA will allow. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was there for five weeks and then afterwards, um, my, Ryan and I uh, just took kind of 10 days to drive around New Zealand, the North Island, which I've never been to before. And to be honest, just emotionally decompressed because what I went through was pretty pretty intense um and then yeah i think what's next well you'll see that in a couple of months hopefully fingers crossed Ooh. but um yeah yep yep but i'm going to potentially just fresh off the press um just as a little fun expedition finish the east coast so i want to do the tasmania trail from um davenport to devon um nice. and potentially in winter so soon um cold yeah in the yeah, well, that's the thing. Tip to toe is in summer, yeah. and I like the idea of challenging, like changing the the scenery up a little bit. Um, and that is obviously, you know, very aligned with what I was doing because it's, you know, the the forests there are world class and and very influential on a global scale. So there's that, and then yeah, the rest of two early days to know if they'll actually happen or not. But um, this little one should should be fun. It's about 480 k's, so I'd probably do a similar thing to you, Sarah, and aim for around 30 to 30 to 40 k a day. Um, just be a bit easier on my body. That's so cool. It's funny. I actually consider it because um, I 
so I have a dog, Ness, who I run with, and I can't take her back to Scotland. And that's kind mm-hmm. of made me sad. And a friend was like, why don't you run closer to home? And I did look at the Tassie Trail because I could take Ness on it, but it doesn't have the same like I'm connecting to my homeland going back to Scotland you know that's so much a part of the why for me but that would be an awesome adventure and in winter it could be really different as well for sure yeah we'll I think be it'd be pretty challenging yeah 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 mm. well Rai will definitely come and we'll do like a, a, yeah, a very low-key mini version of um yeah what we did and yeah we're gonna just do it same as you Van and um just bootleg it a little bit more so um yeah that should be fun but I'm so excited when are you leaving did you say so I start running on August the 21st. I Oh, it's the same day. I was August 20, you're one day off of me. That's cool. <laughs> oh, look at that. Okay. I feel like that has good karma. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I pretty much fly in, drive across the country. And like, because again, I, I'm a freelancer. It's like, I've got like a month off essentially. So I fly in, start running and then fly home once I finish. But yeah, that's cool great start day <laughs> yeah it's good it's good that's exciting and i'm um, happy birthday for when you finish but i'll be following yeah. along i'm I'm ready for this <laughs> thank you i appreciate that all right anything else you would like to add or kind any questions Kristen? no i've just been like a fly on the wall this has been awesome <laughs> <I'm not laughs> <at school. laughs> anything else that you'd like to add not at all not at all no, no, it's um, but just yeah, let me know um all the details and I'll share it and try and help get some for a fundraise for you as well. I yeah. think that yeah, I had a lot of incredible people share my story and help me raise funds. So I think you got to pay that forward. Um, yeah, you're turning your passion into activism, which is really special. Very grateful for that. Thank you so much, and thank you for your time again. It's been so great to see you, and yeah, congrats on your hundred Ks. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Next time we all chat, we'll have your story to debrief over. So that's Yee. exciting. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Okane. Have a nice dinner. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Into the Wee Hours podcast. To get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at Into the Wee Hours podcast or email us at Into the Wee Hours podcast at gmail.com. On Instagram, Sarah is all the gear nay idea, and that is N-A-E for all you non-Scots people, and Kristen is at Kristen Vaughton. To read the show notes or to listen on the website, you can visit intothewehours.com forward slash podcast. And to help support this podcast, you can also head over to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash podcast. Happy adventuring, and we will talk to you next time.